You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Invest Ottawa, the lead economic development agency for Canada's capital. We teamed up to produce this special series to celebrate women leading in Ottawa for International Women's Week. In support of its women founders and owners strategy, Invest Ottawa offers programs and services that enable and accelerate the growth and success of women entrepreneurs from every walk of life. Visit www.investottawa.ca slash women to learn more. This is the fourth episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Haile, and today I'm here with Salmaz Shah Ali Zadeh. Salmaz, how are you doing today? Hi, Naomi. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for thanks for being here. When Sonia and the team mentioned that you'll be part of the series, I was beyond excited, especially after learning the work that you're doing over at Shopify and the work that you're doing with your you know, founding team at Backbone Angels. And so for the audience, Salmaz is the head of data science and engineering at Shopify and is also the founding partner at Backbone Angels, which launched yeah, last year. They're coming up on their year anniversary, which is super exciting. Backbone Angels is a collective of angel investors who invest in women and non-binary founders with a focus on investments in Black, Indigenous, and women of color-led companies. With over 14 years of experience, Salmaz leads the team responsible for leveraging data and machine learning to essentially make business online easier for entrepreneurs. And they service millions of businesses worldwide at Shopify. During her time there, she's built the company's financial data warehouse, played a really important role in their IPO as well. And Salmaz is also passionate about diversity and inclusion, both in her workplace and also the businesses that she supports. She's an advisor to startups, VCs, and now is an active angel. You know, Salmaz wants to see more women of color leading and contributing to products, employing data and AI as well. And so we're going to get into a little bit about her investment philosophy, the work they're doing over at Backbone Angels. And in 2020, Salmaz received the report on businesses' best executive awards under the technology category for the work that she leads at Shopify. So Salmaz, thank you so much for being here. I would love to hear a little bit more about your origin story, kind of how you grew up. I read in an interview that you did the like a very early story of your history with technology, like watching your mother feed a punch card into a Fortran reader, which I learned is like an old programming language. So if you could share the story, that would be wonderful. Uh, thanks, Naomi. Yeah, I was very fortunate. I grew up uh, with my mom studying statistics. And one of my earliest memories of tech is my mom sort of feeding this punch cards to a fortune machine uh, as part of one of her assignments at university. And she had to like take me with her. I was quite young. And at the time I asked her, like, are you doing crafts? And she said, no, it's so well, no, not crafts, but this is a way to sort of give instructions to this machine, to this computer mm -hmm. to do something. And I thought that was magical and really interesting so in a sense i got introduced to tech and i learned that i liked it before i really knew what it even was and then uh, my dad was a university prof in operations research so i grew up with like math and stats all around me and also i grew up in a culture that actually it's very common for a woman to study computer science and um, math related fields in iran actually i think that's something that has been really interesting for me as I sort of immigrated to Canada and to see the difference because in Iran, 
as girls, we don't grow up thinking that we can't do math and stats and very welcomed in those fields. So that's something that I think we can impact from early age to show people that regardless of their uh, gender or other parts of their background, they can learn to like science and they can use it for doing anything else they want. Because I find tech opens doors and really enables you to take on anything else. And even when you look at my journey, you see that I've gone through different fields and whatnot. And the thing that empowered me to do that was sort of having that background in tech and then the sense of curiosity that I had since uh, early on. Yeah, you were definitely exposed very early to this world. And, you know, you studied at McGill University, you entered the world of computer science. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, this entrance and what it meant for you to be in this field as well? Yeah, so I did my undergrad in uh, in Iran in computer science in the University of Tehran. And then very early on, I knew that I wanted to use computers and technology in solving problems in, in different fields. And so when I went to McGill University to do my second master's, I was part of the computer science program, master's in uh, machine learning. But my focus and my research was uh, in using computers and mathematical methods to solve biological problems. So I was, uh, I had a minor in bioinformatics and we were using machine learning and data to really build predictors of outcome for breast cancer. So at the time of diagnosis, being able to tell the patient what uh, what are their likely chances of recurrence and doing a treatment based on that. And the work was very successful. We had patent applications and everything and papers, and hopefully it helps uh, the field go forward. And the thing that I took from that experience was this uh, sort of joy of being able to bring different fields together and learn yeah. from both sides and create something uh, that is only possible by this sort of merging of different domains. It's really interesting. Like I know interviewing different people on the power of why there is no one traditional path of, you know, I start out doing this, the next right move for others, maybe who have done it in the past have looked like this. And it's really cool to see people who just ask different questions about what I could be doing next, what challenges I want to continue to solve as well. And so, you know, you, you were a cancer researcher at McGill University, and then upon graduating, you moved into the financial services industry as an analyst at Morgan Stanley. And so can you talk a little bit about what you were looking for in this transition and what you were hoping to learn as well? Yeah. So it's very interesting because when people, as you said, look at someone's trajectory, they think every step they have planned it. And I always joke that careers are more like a random walk that you try to yeah. uh, put in the overall right direction. So I, uh, I left McGill University after my master's and I did one year of PhD. And I realized that's not the path I wanted to go. And I wanted to go to a more fast paced environment like uh, mm -hmm. industry. So I applied for, uh, for a bunch of jobs and I got accepted to uh, joined Morgan Sally's uh, new grad program, went through that, and I had fantastic managers and, uh, and leaders there that really helped me sort of find my voice, find where I want to uh, spend time and what I want to focus on. So then I got to sort of apply my skills of uh, data, uh, data, machine learning, and tech in Morgan Stanley and work there. It was fantastic experience. I got to live in New York City for a while, which uh, I, I know both you and I <laughs> share a love for Naomi. So it was it was quite a crucial point in my career because it was the first time that I was really coming out of university and finding my voice, not as a student, but as someone in the field. And I think they really provided me the right uh, sort of step in my career. Uh, so I've always been thankful. 
having leaders that believe in you and you know provide you the right opportunities to grow um, and really put you in the right position early on is crucial and i'm so glad that you had that uh, when you kind of entered the professional world and um, we're looking for ways that to contribute essentially i'm wondering this is out of curiosity um, when you were making this transition did you have mentors that you asked you know these are kind of the things that i'm considering what advice do you have for me or was this very much i'm going to trust my gut and i know what it is that i'm looking for in terms of the next move uh, i always ask for uh, advice and feedback from people um, that i respect people in my field people from like past experiences so actually uh, my supervisor from my master's that i did in sweden before mcgill is one of the best mentors I have had. And when I was talking to him, it was very interesting because I thought because he's a university prof, he's going to tell me to like, no, finish your PhD and do other things. And uh, his advice was like, you seem to be able to succeed in things that you take on. So why don't you follow mm -hmm. your, uh, your curiosity there? Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that was really good advice because because in a sense, you know, we we don't know 10 steps ahead in our career or in our life, really. Uh, the best thing we can do is to pick the best next step or something that opens doors. And I have always thought about that optionality. Like, does this choice give me more options or does it remove options? And I often try to go mm -hmm. to places where I'm curious to learn more, but I also think there's going to be a lot of doors open after that. So I think uh, sort of going into industry opened that door. And then afterwards, uh, I've, I was at Morgan Stanley for a couple of years. And then that uh, curiosity brought me to Shopify. So right. there was a hackathon that Shopify was holding. And um, so I drove from uh, Montreal to Ottawa for that hackathon on a weekend. And it was a this event called Random Hacks of Kindness, which was a partnership yeah. with with different institutions, but the Shopify was holding it in their office. Um, and that's first time I sort of saw Shopify and, and people from Shopify were there helping uh, with running the hackathon and got to talk to people. And I realized everyone is so passionate and mm -hmm. excited about what they are working on. And then I think a couple of weeks after that, I went for interviews and got an offer. And that's eight and a half years ago. So it's wow. been a long time. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that that was your introduction to, to Shopify and the work that they are doing. Random Hacks of Kindness has been running for, for a couple of years here in the city. And it's such a beautiful way to bring people together to, you know, use tech and these types of skills to solve like social challenges. I, what was your, what was your first couple years like at Shopify? You've worked on some really incredible projects. Can you talk a little bit about um, kind of the things that you were involved with, the teams that you led as well? Uh, yeah, so when I joined Shopify, we were around 300 people and we had around 100,000 merchants. And now my team is over 500 people and we have millions of merchants. So it's been quite fantastic, right, of a lifetime. Uh, so when I joined, the data team was around 10 people and we were getting ready to go public. And when you're ready to go, getting ready to go public, you have to tell a lot of um, narrative of your company. And a lot of that involves data and, and analysis. So uh, I built our um, team to build the financial data warehouse. So being able to say, being able to really uh, have that deeper look into business of Shopify. And it's very interesting because even that project, when it came up, it on the surface, it wasn't this like exciting project that uh, 
uh, everyone raised their hand to do. But based on my experience in Morgan Stanley and my experience uh, previously, it seemed like it's some, something that I can add a lot of value to. So I raised my hand and, and we did the work. And it was a lot of hard work because we did it in such a short time and we were changing technologies. And it was really exciting time, but it was also a lot of hard work. And it resulted in us, uh, you know, have, well, we've been one of the most successful IPOs in North American history. People often re- sort of refer to our S1 filing and the graphs and uh, analysis there as a thing of beauty. So I do take pride in that. And then after that, because I had built this uh, trust with the executive team and with the company that you can use data to make data-informed decisions and really mm-hmm. data can be a game changer we went into this next era of data at Shopify, where we started building products using data and machine learning and AI. Uh, so one of the first things we did was Shopify Capital, where we give our merchants yeah. cash based on probabilistic models. So basically, as a public company, we're giving people money based on models and data. And there's always oversight of humans to to look at these. But sort of the, the starting point of the portfolio always is machine learning. And to date, we have mm-hmm. extended over $3 billion to merchants. It's, it's significant work. And uh, so we built a, a data science team and built this models, have been doing that for the past uh, five, six years. And then after that, sort of the, uh, showcasing this opportunity that there is so much we can do with data. Then uh, for the past three and a half years, I have led all of Shopify's data science and data platform engineering and our merchant-facing analytical products. So basically anything that we do with data to really leverage our scale and give these unfair advantages to our merchants uh, with data, all of that is a work of my team. So yeah, from when I started, we were 10 people here and now we're over 500 and doubling this year in our group. So it's quite wow. been uh, been quite fun journey. Uh, I'm sure with its challenges, with high moments and successes, um, Shopify Capital is fascinating. And as you mentioned, your team constructed the machine learning models that can predict success of a merchant, right? And what I particularly love about this product is that, you know, merchants aren't also expected to pay it back until they've started making sales as well. So I think it's a really like equitable way to access financing and maybe if, entrepreneurs can't access financing from other methods, they they have this platform to do that. Um, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit more details about the go-to-market strategy and what the research was involved in making this even happen. The way we have thought about Shopify Capital since the beginning is a way of empowering and enabling entrepreneurs uh, that traditional institutions have often looked down on and have not been able to support them with funding and capital. And the way we do that is that on our platform, we see everything our merchants do. We see how committed they are to their business, how often do they check on their products, and all of those information about how they are growing their business is what we use to predict their success and be able to give them these capital offers. Uh, So that means that there is no none of those traditional valuables that often financial institutions look at to give someone capital that comes anywhere close to our models. And as a result, we can see that we've been able to really help businesses that no one else was in the position to help or no one else was going to take a chance on. And personally, I find that meaningful. I find that when COVID hit, what we saw was that traditional financial institutions were all taking money and funding away from entrepreneurs because of the uncertain times. 
And on the other hand, with the power of data at Shopify, we were able to see that Entrepreneur was growing faster than ever. And we were able to offer funding in new countries to new merchants at the speed that no one else was able to, um, to be there for them. So I find that quite inspiring. I remember in the early days of COVID, um, everyone is trying to figure out a sense of the world. What's going on? How are we going to know what's going to happen? You know, many businesses were closing. And data offered Shopify this lens across commerce to see every aspect of it. You know, we were able to see that, for example, in areas with heavy lockdown, like Italy and Spain, actually number of signups and people wanting to start their own business went up. As a result, as a company, because we are so data informed, we were able to change our product strategy. For example, we offered 90 day free trial to, uh, to anyone wanting to start a business. Then we started offering capital in different countries uh, and we were really able to be there for our merchants. So Shopify Capital, like many of our other products, is built on the foundation of data and being data informed and, and really understanding commerce from uh, sort of this end-to-end perspective that uh, we have at Shopify and we have this really unique position and we always use our data to really make commerce better for everyone. You know, it's not just the sort of value we write on the walls, but it impacts right. what we optimize our models for. It in- mm-hmm. impacts how we think about what to build and when to build it. And it's been great to see the impact in the life of our merchants and their businesses. Yeah, it's great that you get to do that through your work every single day. And um, about a year ago, we mentioned this at the at the start. You you and your founding team started Backbone Angels. Incredible. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about the mission of this group, who you're looking to invest in, and what are some of the conversations, early conversations before even starting it? Because I'm sure that was kind of brewing for a little bit before you launched. Hey there, thanks for tuning into this episode. If you are enjoying the conversation, make sure to share it with a friend. Take a screenshot, spread the word. It really allows me to bring on more incredible guests as we continue to level up in the podcasting space. So uh, myself and my other nine co-founders, we met at Shopify and we bonded over our challenges and experiences as women leaders sort of being the backbone of Shopify's success. And when we got together, we said, okay, how can we bring that experience uh, and that support to people outside of Shopify? And one of the things that we saw was that in the last three years, women-led startups have raised just 25% of all the rounds of funding. The lack of funding going to women-led businesses is not from an absence of deal flow or lack of ideas, but it comes from a lack of intention and capital that's focused on women-led startups. So I and my background co-founders, we invest in companies led by women and people of color because Representation in positions of power is fundamental component to having a long lasting and far reaching change. I believe the ways that we can do this is by impacting uh, education and systematic change, advocating for women, and then also making financial contribution when we can. In anything, but specifically when it comes to investing in women, ensuring that women are on cap tables, women, more women have ownership of their money and their company and their ideas. And they're just more women founders that are being funded are some of the biggest impacts that we can make. And we are uh, working on with Backbone. 
Yeah. And I actually, I, I knew that all of you met at Shopify. I didn't know that that was how the name came to be. Um, that's really powerful. And you folks bring such an incredible lens and diverse range of experience as well to your founders. Because I think when people, entrepreneurs are raising money, they're not just only looking to take money from anyone. They also want to really be invested in with their time, with effort, um, maybe even connections as well and advice. And so I'm wondering like when you are looking to invest in companies, what specifically interests you when it comes to problems that are, that these founders are solving? So one of the things that for me personally is very interesting when, when I talk to founders is their, uh, the reason why they're passionate about an idea. Is it a problem they have faced and they want to solve? Is this something that they think it's a good opportunity and they're going to make a change and disrupt that field? Uh, and understanding the why is very important for me. Uh, and then being able to see like how they are thinking about scaling their idea, be it a product or a technology. Uh, and as you mentioned, each of the backbone co-founders bring a wealth of experience in different fields they have led. We have our previous chief talent officer, Brittany Forsyth, as one of the angels. We have Aaron Zives, who was a VP of legal. Uh, we have like Arti Sharma, who um, actually won the Angel of the Year Award, and she ran uh, marketing at Shopify. Uh, so we really have this broad sense of experiences. And we always think, how can we help these founders, not just with the money, but with the experiences and, and the things they need to do next as they go through their journey? and scale them. Um, that has actually, that sort of curiosity in understanding different fields has resulted in investments across the board. So I can't tell you like, this is one specific industry we're going to go in, or this is a specific stage of product. We really have been all over the place. We try most of the time it's pre-seed um, and when the founders are starting, uh, but you know, we've gone on like uh, bigger initiatives like One Password, which is like a more established company. Um, and so it, it really depends on where do we think we can add the most value. And there are times that even if one of our angels investing something, the other angels are also there to support that founder. So right. that's the sort of the power of the collective uh, that mm -hmm. comes to the table. Yeah. And I'm sure you see many deals come through your path um, every <laughs> single week, every single month. I'm wondering in your seat from your lens, um, there are so many different types of, of companies that are emerging now, especially driven by tech, especially driven by kind of what you mentioned earlier of using data to inform a lot of the decision making here. I'm wondering if there are some really exciting opportunities that you see in this space right now that you wanted to share and tell us a little bit more about. Uh, yes. Yeah, so there's actually... When we launched Backbone last March, we were not sure like how much deal flow we're going to get. We were all getting deals sort of uh, through our personal networks, but we didn't know what would the reception be like. And we were really, really taken uh, by the volume of the deals we started getting and like really keeping up on top of it actually became, uh, became something we had to really think through, which is great, right? There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of uh, women and members of uh, BIPOC community that have these ideas. So we each also through this process figured out like what are some things that we are personally passionate about. And um, as you know, I'm quite passionate about data and using data in the society and bringing sort of the power of machine learning and AI into products we we uh, use day to day. I think it it's, can be a life-changing technology. So due to my background, I have interest in uh, biotech. 
Um, and people sort of taking like data and healthcare or medical sciences together and building things in that space. Um, another one is that just like a data space on its own, like data tools, technologies, there's a lot of female founders there. I'm fortunate to support a few of them and just seeing like the technologies they're building and scaling that has been quite rewarding because I see uh, they're thinking, I see some of those problems we face either sort of building and scaling data at Shopify or other companies they advise and being able to help them sort of see what's around the corner and have a small part in their journey. Yeah, that's really meaningful. And you're really using kind of your expertise and experiences to support people on their journey, which is really amazing to see. For folks who uh, are potentially in the audience who are working on a business idea, maybe ready to take that next level of seeking funding from investors. Um, is there any advice that you would have, like certain things that you look for when you're investing in companies, just to make sure that is considered once they start entering those conversations? I think at the sort of early stages, say like uh, pre-seed, there is not a lot of financials that founders can share. So what comes true is the story they are telling and the product they are building and uh, how they envision that, how they envision growth of that. So having that uh, narrative of the the company is very important. Tell tell investors your story, tell them why you care about this problem, how you see it grow, and I think that's that usually as sort of that's the first interaction. What gets the the investors excited to learn more, and I think sort of nailing that and making people excited about what you are passionate about as a founder is one of the first things and key things that they can do. With your you know full time job at Shopify leading. 500 people, as you mentioned, um, the work that you're doing, investing, personal life, like all of these things. I'm wondering how and what you just mentioned about how important time is and really kind of spending your time on the, on the things that need your focus and your energy. I'm wondering how you make decisions around time management, because I'm sure that your, your calendar is slammed. And what has helped you really make um make informed decisions about what it is that you're focused on, what your priorities are. I think it's always a work in progress and our priorities change. And as a result, the way we spend our time changes. One thing that has been quite useful to me is sort of have this idea of these are the priorities I have in a certain period of time and keep them really front and center to make sure that, you know, as the day goes by, I reflect, you know, at the end of the week or at the end of the day to see like, okay, I say these three things are my priorities, but did I spend my time in alignment with that? I think uh, sort of personal gratification and happiness comes from making sure that how what you do aligns with what you are inspiring to do when it's in the path of where you want to be. So I think like having that alignment and checking it is very important. And once I check it many times, it's out of alignment and I need to make adjustments in uh, how much I focus on what. But I think it's very important to sort of have that awareness that these are the things I care about. Am I spending my time at the right places? It's it's ever balancing and ever changing. But I think having that clear priorities is at least the first step to figuring out how you can spend your time uh, better. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I completely agree with that. Thank you. For By the way, there are many times I, I fail at that. So like your times that I'm like, oh my God, my calendar is insane. 
and yeah. why all of these conversations are important are they the most impactful thing I can have by the way I, you know we have talked a lot about my team at Shopify while the overall organization is $500 I have extremely capable leaders uh, on my team uh, that close to half of them are women which is something I take a lot of pride in for a technical team to have that diversity and they are extremely capable I have learned so much working with my leadership team so yes it's a hard job, but I also have the best possible team to help and make that happen mm-hmm. to the point that, you know, people often say, oh, you know, for leadership, it's it's lonely. Yes, it is lonely, but I have always felt extremely supported by the team I have. And I think that's very important as you grow, learning um, how to rely on others, how to work with others and grow those around you so that they can do things much better than you did. Like for every part of my role that someone else took on, I always told them, like, I'm sure you're going to do this hundreds of times better than me and thinking how I can support them. How can I get them to that stage? And you know what? When you take chances on people, they often surprise you the best way. And, and they do such a fantastic job that at the end of the day, I think of my, my role as, as like conducting an orchestra where everyone is playing the best tune they can to the beat that just carries all of us forward. And I think that's very important. So we each have to find those people as our roles grow that can do parts of Uh, our worker all of it better than we do and empower them to take it on instead of having to carry everything ourselves it's incredible because the way that you talked about the team that you built and the way that you're supporting them aligns so well to the first team that you experienced and the support that you felt as well so it's really cool to see you become the leader that you really admired and others too and so Uh, I just want to commend you and the work that you're doing at Shopify and Backbone Angels. I'm wondering, you know, in terms of looking forward into the future, although we don't have 10 steps ahead, I don't think there's any value in like even um, necessarily trying to chart that path. But the next thing that you're working with Backbone Angels, can you kind of tell people how they can get involved in any way or support you as well on your journey? Thanks, Naomi. Um, So on uh, March 8th, which is our one year anniversary of Backbone, we're going to come up with an update on our portfolio and the new ways we want to support founders and give them even more support. Uh, So I think that's something that people can go to the Backbone Angels website and and see once we launch. Uh, And then the way to sort of share deals and, and get support and more than happy to support your listeners any way we can. And in terms of let's go back to the leadership comment you I think I've always had excellent examples of leaders, but also people that have sponsored me. All of us need people that can believe in us. And I think often people think, oh, women need mentors because they need to be taught everything. Mentors have a role and sponsors have a role. Sponsors are people that make your careers in the rooms you're not there. They are the people that talk about you when you're not present, uh, presenting yourself. And I think we cannot forget the role that those people can have. So I've tried to sponsor uh, people around me, not just on my team, but in different parts of the company and industry that are doing great work, making sure we talk about their work, making sure we make those connections for them. And I think it's sort of on each of us when we have space to share it with others and open doors, because it never takes away from your personal space. If anything, it increases the impact. And I think people often ask, like, how can I find a mentor? And I think you should focus on finding mentors and you should focus on finding sponsors, because 
you need the two hand in hand as you grow and they can be extremely impactful in someone's growth and trajectory. Yeah, thank you for articulating the difference between the two, having sponsors that can advocate for you and open up different doors and opportunities as well. Like, I think there's also a level of what are sponsors, like these people also, their time is very limited. And so thinking about ways of asking yourself, what will it, what will it take for others to invest in me, right? And I think there's a level of you need to help yourself and put yourself in the best possible position to make the most of those opportunities as well. So, but you know, as we end, I'm wondering ways that you would, you know, provide advice for people who are looking to to be sponsored in terms of what can they do to put them in themselves in the right position to receive that type of support. I think you nailed it, Naomi. Be having clarity around like what do I need help from this person? Because as you said, people are all busy. So being able to say like, I'm doing X, Y, Z, and this is how you can help me. Is this something you can help me with? Like the clarity, because it tells me two things. If I see that clear question, I, I know that the person has clarity around what they want to do. And they also have clarity and spend the time to think about how I can help them. So in a sense, they have sort of removed the first four or five back and forth conversations that people might not have the time for and really going to the point and you can be quite clear with them yes this is something i can help you or something i can uh, connect you with a person or or not but just having that clarity of question or area that someone needs help is very important yeah it basically helped me help you uh that's what i think about when i reach out for help to others and this is the advice i uh, tell my uh, team or people i support to like really clarify what you need help with so the person and the limited time they have has the highest impact when they interact with you. So well put. Thank you, Salmaz. Thank you so much for being here. Um, As you heard Salmaz mentioned on March 8th, I encourage you all to go check out the Backbone Angels website. We'll put the link to the in to the to their website and everywhere that you can find them on social media in the show notes. We will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for having me, Naomi. It was super fun. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Invest Ottawa, the lead economic development agency for Canada's capital. We teamed up to produce this special series to celebrate women leading in Ottawa for International Women's Week. In support of its women founders and owners strategy, Invest Ottawa offers programs and services that enable and accelerate the growth and success of women entrepreneurs from every walk of life. Visit www.investottawa.ca slash women to learn more.